Greetings, namaste, and shalom, everybody out there in dreamland. Thank you once again, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, for tuning in to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan, and I am going to be speaking to Wooden Trees today about ancient Tartaria, or the antiquities, the term Tartaria, as we do discuss at the beginning of the show is a catch-all term for the advanced technologies or rather the technologically advanced international um, archaeological discoveries of cities, monoliths, uh, societies, cultures which are covered up or kept in the dark from the majority of the population, except for those who are aware that there is something being covered up, literally being uncovered in major cities underneath our feet that make up the land that we live in, the nations that we live in, the world that we know. These buildings, the phenomena such as um, electricity, uh, wireless electricity, um, what we would call Tesla technology, massive advanced infrastructure works advancements in society and organization of population etc etc um existing where they shouldn't be in in seemingly out of place environments or uh where they are denied to exist even though they are very clear to have over the century having been covered up by various secret societies and organizations such as the Smithsonian Institute, uh, which is particularly active in the falsification of American history and the disappearance of many of these structures, uh, relics, and even the bodies of the, the people, the individuals, the citizens that made up the society. Um... It's an incredible interview. It's an incredible conversation, rather. Uh, it's an incredible natural dialogue between um, myself and my guest, Wooden Trees. So thank you all very much once again for tuning in. I know your time is precious. Thank you for spending it with me. It's a highly competitive uh, podcast world, especially in the conspiracy and truth uh, community. So if you could share this. I'd be greatly appreciated. I have posted the Telegram page that Wooden Trees admins um, and keeps up running. It is a great Telegram page. It is Tartaria with a Y. I will be posting the link in the description below where you are listening to this right now, as well as wherever I'm posting it, such as Instagram or the uh, YouTube channel I have. You can support me on Instagram, YouTube, and now TikTok at Beyond Top Secret Texan, all one word, lowercase, uh, for both Instagram and TikTok. For YouTube, it's Beyond Top Secret Texan with the spaces, etc. Just search in the Beyond Top Secret Texan name, and you'll be able to find me um, either on YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok. So thank you all very much for doing so. Absolutely am humbled and extremely motivated and just over the moon at the recent increase in numbers. So I know you guys are sharing. I 
absolutely appreciate that if we could just get the word out to everyone who might even at the slightest be interested or profit from this information definitely definitely send them a link um as I encourage even my skeptics, even the skeptical in the society to listen to my shows because I want to enlighten and illumine as many people as possible to break the conditioning to get them, you know, awoken to the society, awakened to the truth, get those eyes open. So send out the links, share it with everyone you can on your social media, on your Facebook groups, etc. I have been banned on Facebook. Um, absolutely uh, just a minor setback, but... I know that there are many, many people who use it still, so definitely if you can share my videos, this episode, etc. on YouTube, absolutely appreciate it. I have a subreddit right now going on too, so definitely participate in that. And, um, you know, I'm going to probably increase the chances of forming a community either by including a Discord or setting up some other kind of way of communicating. I have a Telegram uh, page as well. Uh, which you can get direct access to via Patreon, and you can find that all of my link tree, link tree, link, uh, which I'll be posting in the uh, descriptions of many of my um, a description of this podcast and many of my other works, videos, etc. So thank you all very much. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. You're listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. My special guest will be Wooden Trees. And we will be talking about Tartaria, specifically Electric Paris, Electric Paris, Napoleon, and the reality of Tartaria that's all around us in every city and how it relates to the ancient Vedas, the ancient scriptures of the world. So thank you all very much from the bottom of my heart. And remember, iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. You uh good rising, I've been saying a lot lately, uh rather than morning, uh I feel like it's a it's more optimistic. We need the optimism. we need the optimism. Yeah, we're like, you know, you say good rising, good rising, you know, like it's a good morning has that negative uh, phonetic. Wow. I believe you're right. Like you rise to the, you rise to the challenge of the day. Mm-hmm. And that, um, yeah, but that's like, you know, one of those details. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I know your time is valuable and precious and everything. And so I want to kind of just jump right into the meat of the conversation. Um... You know, it's like the pleasantries and everything. Uh, isn't isn't how polite society operates kind of neat? And the anthropological greeting system and everything. But you know, I'm I no doubt. Now let's say greetings to you. I I, don't, I suppose we all want to say hello. Well, like you know, some cultures ask if you've eaten. Hey, have you eaten yet? That's, that's what my friends in Nepal always ask me. Have you had dinner? Mm, exactly. Like, and they'll ask you that over the phone. Like, hey, have you eaten yet? And it's like, it's, it's as an anthropologist and a sociologist myself, someone who considers myself like very worldly and cosmopolitan, I'm always uh-huh. uh, open ears, open eyes to different people's cultures and, and you know, systems of oh, yeah. polite society. Mm. Definitely. 
But yeah, so wooden we've trees. Been, we've, we've been talking a few last few days a little bit and tra- traveling through the narrative back and forth in time, and it's fantastic. I thought we might go back and look at Napoleon a little bit because I have some questions. You know, he had... I, first, I had raised interest in him when I saw the airship tech, and I, I've seen photos of blimps and, and the way he... Uh, you know these battles were fought out of time it's not like we fight today and very interesting very interesting you're right it fits more like steampunk later in the civil war you see the ironclad ships i sent some photos and technology changed or revolutionized in one way or another through throughout the century Napoleon, when I saw the photos you sent me, he's like Caesar or something. It's Roman Greco, and he's not even... He doesn't fit the same timeline when we have Abraham Lincoln and all the black top hat guys out here cloaked in the reset of the West. He's like emperor. Something very fishy is going on, and you're absolutely right, because the time, the fashion is a good way to look at it, because um, you're absolutely right. Within 30 years, the Napoleonic emperorship, where he took over from the Pope, and he, you're right, he's apparently a man who was a Corsican ethnic minority during the French Revolution, so he was considered basically a peasant without a proper uh, noble lineage and no wealth of his own. He was an officer of the line, an artilleryman, and he somehow still is painted as if though he is like Julius Caesar wearing these long magnificent Louis the 14th air like esque um robes and furs and with the golden laurels you're absolutely right well, where in the United States our um presidents are photographed dressed like undertakers are like you know schlubby civil servants with just three piece suits black and white attire, a top hat if they were fashionable, you know, like a little bit more extravagant. We have a couple of, um, you know, very rustic, you know, like uh, stories of the presidents of the very country that, like, uh, Alexander Hamilton having goats um, was, I think it was Hamilton, no, I think it was, uh, it was, it was Old Hickory um, that would have goats like eating off the lawn in the White House so, so would have Napoleon been fighting in the Tartarian, in the Tartarian uh, time of glory and its empire in a different time, possibly? Because yeah, I, I think. Well, he's, here's he's the thing: airships, he's using those airships, and then yeah. the Civil War later, the fantastic water ships, and they were powered by steam as well. Some of this technology was still here. Plus, you got to remember. Places like Corpus Christi and all over the United States, even in Denver, Colorado, there's Roman Greco stuff here mm-hmm. all over. Oh yeah, and and the, okay, so big question, and it's always good to ask them because the questions themselves are much shorter and and easier to ask than the answers. Uh, yeah. As far as technology goes, you're absolutely right. Okay, so conventional, we have to make the distinguishment now early on in this conversation uh, between conventional timelines the mainstream narrative and what we are assuming based on the theory of tartaria um, that's the question that's 
that's the question I'm asking about. No, oh, exactly. I just want to make that point that if I say Tartarian for the audience at home listening, uh, I don't mean that Napoleon, like, I know for certain that this was all a part. I'm saying that it references back to this alternative history concept. Like, uh, Tartaria is geographically South Russia, Mongolia, and inland China, like inland Asia. Uh, France could have been its own separate power. It could have been an extension of Tartaria. It could have been something completely different. But it was, and when we say Tartarian France or the Tartarian Napoleonic Wars or Tartarian Napoleon, we mean um, steampunk Napoleon, uh, Napoleon with advanced technologies, Napoleon with uh, more. Advanced tech. Yes, it's it's, it's it's from antiquity, and in Paris, France would would be a highlight, tro- like something we could really look at as if mm-hmm. it was untouched. Exactly. The early that 1900s. We're saying that there was monorails, there were electricities, there were subway systems, there were uh, the, uh, like the water fountains that were that were there are out were outside the Eiffel Tower. Were mm-hmm. fantastic, just like in London. Yes, that's and what so a good point. Some, a good point. The, the Eiffel water, Tower. The water tech isn't that Phoenician stuff. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like they could have inherited over generations. We're not saying that it was created literally overnight, but like say when you talk about Paris, you're talking about ancient Rome, Gaul, the 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 first uh, uh, king. Um, um, Charles, not King Charles, uh, you know, uh, Charlemagne, King Charlemagne, his, his story, his empire, you know, your first incarnations of the Holy Roman Empire, Knights Templar activity, um, industrial revolutions that could have been suppressed or coalesced into one era, but they could have happened over hundreds of years. You're right. Like the, the people who put in the water system, are generationally the you know ancestors of the people who created the electrical grid, but it's still Paris and it's still the glory of Paris. Um, we don't have any, we don't have any Eiffel towers anywhere else. Exactly. Paris, you know, and the, the, um, you know, in the United States at the same time, you know, when you have 1900s photos and you're looking at the oldest. Of, of Paris with the raised monol- monorail systems, maybe even moving sidewalks mm-hmm. in Europe. I mean, back then, America was was still mud flooded out, and there were remnants of the Phoenicians, right? Possibly in the Tartarian, uh, you know, tr- yes. uh, thing. The Phoenicians could have easily been the Mediterranean um, cultural like uh, leaders or the the real ruling, you know, culture, uh, judging artistic decisions, engineering decisions, the progress of society, even how um, holidays and, you know, public life was was led, all could be inherited from an ancient Phoenician system, and we could get the word uh, Persian, or not Parisian, sorry, Parisian and Persian, both from the Phoenicians as a root word. Because that's just how language works. It's very tricky. It's very nebulous. You know, we're using. I, I would assume that they were at the. They were the controlling power of Tartaria in the final days of mm-hmm. possibly their. Well, a very easy way to think about it. They're close in the end of it. Like, yeah. I mean, we don't know if they ascended into the water or if they like in the Vedic culture the caste system 
destroyed itself, you know? Yes, and we um, entered the uh, the yuga now that of, of ignorance. Or uh, I was reading also, the Christian mythology calls it the little season. The season well, where um, satanic negativity and forces such as that would rebel, and, but gain control only to see the return of a previous glory yes sir. yeah which I is ex- it's anal- it's analogous to the vita uh, kali yuga where the premium most prestigious profitable times to exist are they precede the um they they follow the age of ignorance the darkest times to exist you know well that's that's and the destruction some sort of reset even into ignorance occurred when they, you know, they say that God left this planet, but, but that we lived in a more blissful time. And this, this is also the evolution of who we are because today we, we might be, we might, you know, we might've uh, regressed our spiritual selves into a physical realm. Well, to you know, say, uh, time we must've been more enlightened, but yeah, to say that this, uh, this prophecy or these, these religious, um, foretellings of the way the the cosmos and humanity works inside of it um is merely legend is to give absolute authority to the mainstream narrative and the mainstream narrative is not what we're giving authority to we are giving authority to the fact that it's a cover-up and so um as far as we know the events of the bible or the vedics are absolutely true uh, you know, canonically true to the how the history of the world worked, and it's already ancient past, uh, like, say, the Vedic Yugas, uh, their activity taking place tens of thousands of years ago, and um, the Christian Bible uh, may have actually have already proceeded that long as well. We just simply do not know. Exactly. I, I would like to question that, too, for myself, you know. A lot Especially of people... the Christian, the Bible. I mean, we know the... So, like, the we try to... Personally, I trust in the Vedic timeline, mm-hmm. but they, there, there's a, there's an honest reset that occurred that was mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita Mahabharata, and so I, I trust that, that they use you know the means of their times to to uh, pursue such things. But the Bible, like you said, I don't know what time it is exactly because I question the the timeline time yeah. were given on Jesus Christ. The Catholics, for example, have come under a lot of suspicion for adding years and dates to change it according to their, um, you know, basically this cover-up. Uh, whatever yeah, reasons they have this cover-up. I was talking about with the, the year of our Lord, wasn't it? That it was an I or a J in mm-hmm. front of the number. Now that's what I'm bringing up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so if you want to look at something like, well, according to Christian scouts, they're working with the mainstream narrative, which is incredibly inaccurate to understand it the way we're understanding it everyone has to kind of throw everything out the window and start anew and start fresh um like there even the geographical locations things like that dates and times that have been held dogmatic like um the notion that jesus christ existed two thousand years ago that's part of the cover-up that that helps confuse people and separate the religions of the world we need to start unifying them and um, coming to the right conclusions that they're telling the same history of the world. One world that had a one world system, that had a one world people. It wasn't separated by race, it was separated by caste. 
and and you being a Vedic uh, scholar and someone who's learned about that knows that the caste system was delivered by cosmic forces, you know, uh, given to us. And you said yourself that the caste system destroyed itself as the reason for the... And, and, and even God exited. He's like, I'm out of here. Because, it, because the, the balance was lost in that very Confucian yeah. way. The emperor left once the empire became unrulable. And, and it's as simple as to think about that. Why would the empire, the emperor stay when the empire itself has rejected him? You know, and, and you're right. There's this idea of this. Now we're entering a state of the little season where um, the negative, uh, chaotic rabble of uh, no authority and no right to rule gets to rule, gets to usurp, and then you have the right is wrong, wrong is right, up is down, down is up, chaos. People believe black is white, white is black, uh, confusion, and uh, you know, desolation rule the land. It, it, but it, that's it's this idea a linear time it could have happened before it could be all cyclical it could be a, like a loop it, it, is, it is a cyclical the yugas repeat in a greater mm-hmm. expansion of time that's measured in eons mm-hmm, exactly and, and for us to understand our part in Kali Yuga it's not the time of ignorance is only a time of opportunity for, for the enlightened ones you know it's like, so like to be born here we're actually given a greater chance to be saved right so if you come into this truth it's profound it is also the idea that I, this is a the, the world of men has uh, blinded ourselves to the true eternal rule of nature and much in the same way that birds don't know who is the current president nor do they care uh, men have become obsessed and and blinded by their own existence and uh, I, would, I would say I would suggest that yeah because remember our last conversation we mentioned the parasite so we're mm-hmm. actually identifying something that's at work here. No, we're just Whereas, yeah we're just covering the last conversation, just bringing everyone up to speed of what we're because because I want to I have to admit after I released the video the the podcast episode I had a bunch of people coming through who were like this is, this is her- heretical this is all new age Luciferian stuff. Which isn't it's just strange because what we were trying to come up with the name for um, the the system that Napoleon had, um, I guess, Lucifer means light. This was an electric world. Paris was known as the city of lights. Wow! It was a Luciferian system in that regard, and they're absolutely right that this was a time of maybe um, absolute humanistic ego. Maybe this was the Lucifer that's reported to, because it's very seldom spoken about in canonical testament, um, but it's clear that the idea of an evil entity is actually three different figures um, that have three very, like wildly different attributes and, and natures. Lucifer being more of a spirit of rebellion, but also beauty, advancement, art, and, and materialism. Which is, you know, like I said, what happened to Tartaria, what happened to this ancient world. Um, that's kind of where we want to get into this hour. What happened to this world? Like, why did it fall? The Vedas suggest weapons were used. And I know you know a lot more about this than I do. 
So Right, and so when we talked about India in our, our last conversation, I kind of mentioned that it was skipped over in the in the recent resets of the world wars because it had already been destroyed. All the temples that were in stone are, are in rubble today. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not trying to cover up anything there. Now, um, oh, I was gonna say you have these the stage for this next hour because I guess this is all introduction and getting back to like tracing back our footsteps, get everyone on the same page. Um, now let's like say return or go to Paris. We're gonna return to the Tartarian Napoleonic era. Um, so let's just exactly start with the technologies and and work you know, our way you, into you this. Talk- you talked about Paris, the light city, and if you look up Lucifer, it, the, the the narrative gives us, or at least what Google will come up with, will talk about the the language we spoke. So in the in in the city of light, when you wanted to strike a match, you'd ask somebody for Lucifer. Yes. And the city of light, the narrative for light is that they had thousands of of gas lamps all over the city of Paris, mm-hmm. and. They, People were individually responsible for lighting these and distinguishing them every morning. But there's there's early photos before that show up that seem to contradict the narrative for electricity in the United States. There's just early sh- there's early shots I believe in Europe that, and I'd have to go searching for those photos. But I think France was totally electric. And it probably was just one of one of the last great cities. You know, there could have been Eiffel Towers, which I suspect was an ethereal. It was. Device, you know? It sorry. It has always um, shocked me how slow they think electricity was adopted into major cities and into personal homes. Benjamin Franklin is accredited with the Scott Worth harnessing electricity from the natural world um, in the 1700s. Yet the White House didn't get electricity until, I want to say, the 1900s. If you can believe that. Because that's the, what they want that's us to right. believe. That is right. That is right. It's around the early, very early 1900s. Well, then you kind of, well, I mean, it's discovered around 1700. Then you have, like, Mars Volta. Not Mars Volta, sorry. You have uh, the Volta. Um, you know, and then all these different Italian and, and Mediterranean researchers, Parisian researchers. Um, and only until Edison and Tesla in that era does America get into the conversation of electricity again. And we think that we're actually the pioneers and forerunners of this technology because of the Benjamin Franklin legacy. But really, there's enough time to, and are the conventional mainstream narratives to, to suggest that Europe, you're right, was a purely electrical society. And it wasn't. You know, like you said, uh, needing people to go light whale lamp oil or whale oil lamps because that, that would have been a danger. You know, with with fire sting, with no fire extinguishers and yeah, and it, just, uh, you're right. You know, and it doesn't make any sense for them, for example, have this entire that would require like almost um, a fifth of their entire population just to be employed in the management of these lights. So, and, and beside the fact, we know they had other excellent, you know, extraordinary uh, technology, the car, that the vehicles they were driving around, too. You know, they were electric, or the trains, they probably moved electrically. I have know? seen so the photos see. of the monorail. I have seen the photos of the early uh, railway stations they had. And 
there is very little in the explanation as to um, when exactly these were built. That's another big question. Trains. No, I think trains, that's when, when you start to look at the, that's when I think the narrative kind of, we start to look at orphans, you know, the orphan trains themselves uh, and the sorting centers that, you know, maybe these palaces and other, other stations that were demolished seem to be targeted in World War II. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find, I couldn't find the name of it. It's like Eastern France, I think, or... The Oriental Express, I know, is a very famous uh, train in France. And people always think about it as like the you know Agatha Christie novel and things, but the Oriental Express, because these trains were literally the, the most advanced machines, engineering spectacles in the world. And, and they, were, they were absolutely um, essential to the idea of European luxury and refinement not only did they were they incredibly crucial to the history of america but in europe they were they were absolutely vital you know they they have train they had the, the trains that would go across the country but in the city i believe they were electric you yes know, I, I assume there would have been steam trains you know that moved all across europe uh, in, the, in the city of paris it looks like and they phased all that out now the Eiffel Tower, the the great steelworks of Paris and what it was known for back in the 1800s was its steel production. These ironwork buildings, like I said, the Eiffel Tower has a very unique and distinct look and there are very few towers like that in the world. The oddly enough, the ones that are like the Tokyo Tower in Japan um, are specifically for radio transmission and broadcasting. Right. You think of Tesla towers and things like that. They were That's platforms right. to hold the dishes so to give them the altitude that they needed because you have to have a very tall structure. And because they aren't um, domiciles, they are created to be as light as possible. Um, you know, that's why it gives them their distinctive grid system. Like, you know, you get like a skeletal system. But what's odd is I think they hollowed out the Eiffel Tower during the great cover-up period of World War II and put in a restaurant. Right. They took a lot of the the, the stuff that was on there. We call Antiquitech, you know, things that... The wiring. Ex- out in photos that was there, it just disappeared. They did that to the, the Statue of Liberty as well. The Statue of Liberty was sent from France to us. They, but you could uh, previously go inside the Statue of Liberty. You could previously. Where they're in the crown. Yes, yes. You, you could walk inside of it. It had things inside of it. It, it had, um, it had a room enough to build structures and platforms to house things, and they. I'm really lucky. I went there when I was younger. But you don't, you didn't, you don't know until you have an aerial view. It's on a star fort. It's sitting yes. on a big star fort. No, you're absolutely right. It, it is on and a so star fort. Most of it's underground. When I went there, it's you go down into it, and yeah, it's and then the tower, the statues on top, of course. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely most, right. Most of everything's underground. Um, that gives me the idea that maybe, maybe. There is an actual underground ancient world base 
underneath the Statue of Liberty? Like, maybe there's something more to it than meets the eye. It's not just decoration. Certainly. I mean, it's on an island. Yeah, it's not just decoration. Uh, it's something like a, like a undercover lighthouse or a they, decommissioned... They called a star fort, Fort Woods, so it was there before. Mm -hmm. And the Statue of Liberty itself has this funny story when we, we only see it sitting in fields somewhere i saw photos of the statue of liberty being constructed in pieces um in the 1870 paris world's fair i believe the photos were and well they, it was it's just bizarre they built it like they a could have, like, they could have they could have had it assembled disassembled yeah it. Like, it looks like they they were bringing transport. it yeah it looks that like was it was already made transport. Right, their photo, those photos could have been in transport, right? Like if they got the Colossus of Rhodes and then they disassembled the Colossus of Rhodes in pieces then put it on a train and, and moved it to Paris before selling it to the United States or giving it to the United States. It looks like um, if you got like the, the Statue of David and broke it up in pieces... Like it's a very odd you way. About, oh. You talked about you're you're creatively trying to wonder how the Corpus Christi fountains made it their way across the Atlantic. Yes, yeah, same also. thing with the it, yes the fountains. Um, there are a few in Corpus, and the ones that I was really surprised about were the ones in Dallas. And don't get me wrong, I understand that millionaires in Dallas could easily do this, like you know, arrange for it. I find it's very bizarre. That no one talks about, like it's not, it's not a highlighted thing. It's not a big deal that the fountain from the Crystal Palace in England <laughs> that was destroyed by a fire is sitting in a mall in Dallas for everyone to see, and they don't even make a. There's not even a plaque. But they tell you that it is the same one, which is interesting. Oh, they don't. Yeah, they're not hiding. Yeah, it's it's a weird. Yeah. Um, like in, in no, Houston, in Denver, like here in Denver, they have a, they have one of those grand arches, like in Rome, mm -hmm. those Roman Greco, it right down at city park, right downtown, but there's no fantastic stories with any of this Roman Greco stuff. It's I've just, actually it's been to Denver. Masonic. It's just, so in Denver, it's all built Masonically. Washington, oh yeah. Washington, I've been to Denver, uh, in college in 2006. And I went to the downtown area and the art museum and rode the trolley. And it's clear that something's up in Denver. The Capitol building has a golden dome. Yeah, they, I looked that up. There are more around the United States, but there are only like eight of them. No, I saw that. When I saw that, I, I was so impressed. And it's an odd, it it's glorious. It, it's looks, <laughs> it looks like a battery-operated some kind of machine it's the pillars and the way it steeples up to the gold, mm -hmm. the and gold it, mock or, it um, looks like the um it looks less like a capitol building and more like a temple like mm -hmm. a uh like the mormon temple in utah right their capital is glorious that's what i'm saying it the, it the, goes the, into this weird idea like that the western states and the sorry the western states and the rocky mountains um those it, the land changes the city changes because i've been um all up and down the east coast and i've traveled out to the west and i'm from the midwest and the south specifically the gulf of mexico right That's so good. no wow. i see a lot of old cities from the gulf of mexico but i also see how in the midwest there really isn't like because of history there isn't any civilization there's just fields but then you go to the rocky mountains and you find these 
castles, these monuments, these megaliths, basically, and they call them state buildings. And, like, like the uh, capital of um, Idaho is the largest, like, one of the largest buildings. Why, why was that so important? Idaho's so, a rural, remote place. Exactly! Like, it puts it in context. You're like, the entire state has less people than one major city on the East Coast or, or anywhere. It's got, like, less than a million people in the entire state. And they had the funding and engineering genius to build, like in Denver, it's a, it's, I understand it's the mile high city and Colorado's an important territory. Why would they go through the effort and the trouble to have a golden domed Capitol building? No, there's some kind of, there's something there. It's exactly. Important. They, somebody recently donated the gold. I think it was like Coors or some big family and it was impressive because they just, they just remodeled the whole capital, you know, did it mm-hmm. took over all the pillars, made it beautiful again, and a, a fresh new gold sheet on it. And I, I ride downtown. I do public service. I've, I've been doing that for 10 years, but only since I started studying Tartaria recently that I'm just fantastically involved with these buildings. And most of my passengers that take a rickshaw give tours of the city on a bicycle taxi. So most of these people are getting to enjoy it. Now, because uh, you you live down there, do you ever go to the school, the University of Denver, or the uh, the museums, and, and see if they have any connection to this? Because I find those are very, oftentimes they're very uh, big. Uh, you know, they're obviously they stand out. Like they're they're very noticeable. When, when you when you when you when you rinse your fluoride out of your eyes and you start to see or at least imagine you have a creative imagination you can tell that most of these buildings are out of time and place the cathedrals are like castles and a lot of the buildings are are are, are all chemical they have strange names because they went through resets and so they given the names to these from these elite families and put them on these buildings. Mm-hmm. The masons have covered the stones, the cornerstones of these churches, and they and then they give you a year and date when they've created them. Mm-hmm. No, so you're absolutely it, right. You're living like you talked about it in the last show, and you said it was a ghost shell, or you know we're living in it. Most people are obviously fluoride or you know let's say brainwashed. Even I, I'm going to go to Great Lakes to explain because they're they're taking time to drink and lust and all this and they're totally distracted from what, what's going on around them and no, CIA you're have a stone it's the Masons control this so this is the western front for new world order and the Masons see Denver as being a major important place they you know a lot of people start to wonder about tunnels under DIA and why the military is here and why they think it's the front for new world order but I, I don't know the mountains are here the geographical barrier and Somehow they built these two capitals on both sides of the mountains. If you go west further, you'll be to Salt Lake. And I think Salt Lake has the greatest, you know, stretch. We get the strangest narrative there. I mean, they went there and they lived in log cabins. They didn't dig out foundations for their home. They're Mormons. And mind you, they were sent there on religious fundamentalism. Mormons are very interesting, too, when it comes to the history of the Rocky Mountains. The, the history of the Rocky Mountains. Rockies, that was that was in their way. They came to Denver, I'm sure, and then they must have crossed over the Rockies. 
No, you're right. And they made alliances with the Native Americans. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of history um, with Mormons in Utah, but there's a lot of history with Mormons in America itself, like as they made their exodus. Um, very oddly, ritualistically similar to the Hebrews as they exited from Egypt. Right. And, it, uh, the whole thing was... In, in, in Zion, you have the yeah. names from... Exactly. From that the whole thing is they, they are attributed with, like I said, there's a lot of um, controversy when it comes to, say, Christian canonical history because they want to put it in the Middle East and they want to say that the things and like the naming system like Zion National Park um you know the all the all the Lebanons that we have we have Lebanon Texas things like that that those were because these were either Mormon or Protestant fundamentals fundamentalists that they were coming through and naming these cities as they were founded um and that most of them were nothing more than uneducated farmers, and this is why they thought this was like the height of culture. And it right. really makes you, you kind of think. Of what they were living in, you know, the homes they were living in, but they built the capital. Exactly, they it makes you think. It, yeah, how would these people be able to manage and organize a society of so many thousands of people, like the Mormon nation at that time, as it was emerging? It's not. They were they were on a pilgrimage and it's it's fantastic, right? They they got they got the word of God and they were told to go there. And yeah. You start to think were they told that when they got there, they could make these old structures their own and suggest that they built them. Well, there's a lot of mockery to it. Part of the big story, you know. I mean, somebody died before they. You know the story. Brigham Young died. Yeah. yeah no, there's a whole. We can. That's, that's a whole. Uh, iceberg that we can spin. Or not spin. Brigham Young, but John Smith. Uh, Joseph Smith, died. yes. Joseph Smith talks to the... the murdered. The, the, you know, and he's murdered, but then when what do they inherit? Because God told them they could come out here, so they get the, they get the mud-flooded buildings. Well, there was also a war. After that moment, they started warring against the United States, and people don't talk about that, that the Utah Territory was actually a peace treaty. And that they are um, not only modern day separated from our culture due to their beliefs, but actually legally and historically, the the, the nation of Utah is a nation. I know, right? There is a huge iceberg. I, mean, I, had no idea, but I know it's a it's a weird. Well, they had uh, the government has to you know the government wants to find out about. Who your grandparents were? Yeah. going to talk to the Mormons. They can build bunkers. That's what I'm saying. It's weird. Like they have bunkers that the state of Utah built specifically for the Mormons that are that rival, like you said, the Rocky Mountains. It's oh, so now we're talking about underground stuff like DIA. Exactly. Exactly. Bunkers. So they're working with the government because they have the what I've was what I've come to understand is that the Mormons have the greatest lineage of. Of human beings. Yes, they have that's, the greatest uh, genetic I, records. I, you know, when we proposed, when we started talking about religion earlier, I think in why we pursue Tartaria or even come into these chat groups, it's like we want to know who we are. So the, the Mormons some somehow have a, a, a database on us. No, exactly. So, and a lot of it is, it's a huge iceberg uh, when you go into what they uh, really do talk about amongst themselves and the rituals that they have. Um, it's a huge, huge iceberg, and everything from 
um, understanding the greater purpose of like uh, the all the secret societies really are to pre either preserve traditions from this ancient lost world, like their society, their anthropology, uh, which includes their literature, the, the way they dress, um, the way they act and behave, the way they speak. You know, culture is everything a person thinks, says, or does. Um, I, I think they try to put themselves in a cast as they associate yes. it. It suggests that their order or cult goes back 10,000 years and it's always different. Yeah, it's to preserve that identity as well as to kind of keep tabs and control any identities that emerge in this new world. And, like, um, they kind of have taken over the security or slash, like, the social warden of society after this great cataclysm in which we have lost either the memory of it or the we've lost the knowledge of it because i say it's it's a equal parts they try to preserve it and they're trying to cover it up maybe I they seen, i haven't seen pantheon like cathedrals they're not cathedrals capitals like the ones we mentioned in denver salt lake i haven't seen anything like that except maybe dc or where else the vatican oh the have vatican you looked internationally when you look internationally uh yeah. Kazakhstan has a crazy capital. You should check that out. Um, like the capitals of... Or what is, what is it in Kazakhstan? Um, Astana. Astana. Astana, which is the most Masonic... Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, like its symbolism years. is incorporated, like DC, like you said, into the very city's, like, uh, planning. And so that the streets are all just lines on, like, a giant sigil. And it's like... Entirely population started. controlled. You know, there's not like a single. The word, the word itself, Satan. Yeah. Well, yeah. The aerial view. How long? Let me ask you. How long did it take them to build all that? Exactly. exactly. They don't even want to say. Like they say that. Oh, we did it after the fall of the Soviet Union, and apparently, as I'm saying, like because these people, they, they, they hide in plain sight, and like you said, the Denver International Airport, um, the the these things are far removed. But at the same time, you can tell they're either bu building them to plan for something, or they're simply recovering them, and recovering what's underground. Exactly, what's been buried, what's most likely been buried by the mud flood. The um, tunnels could still be there, or they could have tech to dig them out. Well, the and DIA. Is supposedly a tunnel network of tunnels that connect to the Air Force Base, even at Colorado Springs. And, and we're talking about people listening at home. Uh, the DIA, Denver International Airport, not the Defense Intelligence Agency, which I also sometimes talk about. So, um, I see that's important to clarify. Well, but at the same time, they're the same thing. Because and I, li I lived here while they built DIA. So you literally, I mean. Fortunately, you'll be living here. You hear you hear all the talk from everybody that wonders at this stuff. You know they don't. It's okay. So they're not helping their case by putting Blucifer, the horse that killed the guy who made it. Um, funny story about Blucifer. Uh, Blucifer and was made by a local artist from Corpus Christi. The guy was from Kingsville. I'm gonna try to send you photos too because you gotta see this. I I've touched the thing in person. I've seen yeah, it and touched it when I was a child. Get this. This oh. is how... Okay, so the guy's yeah. local. He was a local potter and painter 
from uh, I, I know the story but didn't know he lived down there yeah he lived he lived in Kingsville which is a uh, a sister city of Corpus it's like 90 minutes away um, in a vehicle you know it's like it's like right next door basically right in like Texas terms and it's like we have a lot of uh, shared back and forth they took us there for a field trip he there's a university of A&M Kingsville the guy had a wow, residency in his no, art studio there. He was making Blucifer. So what what year would that have been? Because I thought it was all built like recently and then put up. I'm going to say 2003. So this was nearly 20 years ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, I turned 18 in 2005 and went to college in the same year. So this was a junior year or sophomore year of high school. So I'm going to say... The spring of 2003, and of course, remember when you're in high school, it's like, you, that time is all weird, remember, like, anything that happens with, like, a month, you think the school year is forever, and it's, like, fucking, like, three, four, five months at a time per semester, right? It's like nothing as an adult, but this is, like, something you were look... Mind then, I mean, you may or may not have noticed that it's satanic. So you got to see it because they were bringing field trips. Mm-hmm. Kids to I was a, I was an art club, yeah, and I was a, I was one of the, like the best artists in the school, and I knew the teachers, and they were all like, yeah, this is art club, you know, like we get field trips and stuff, and you get to take off some days to go look at art stuff, uh, museums in Houston, museums all around Texas and stuff, like local ones, like San Antonio and stuff. We went down to Kingsville. Um, and we we went to the art studio and we saw the sculpture process of it and it was being constructed and I remember going up and touching it and because it's fiberglass and it feels like a surfboard and you can see the thumbprints and that statue would then later go on to kill that very man who was telling us about it in that very same studio. Oh no way! So you even you even saw it before it had. Yeah, he was being constructed. He had um, he had one leg to go. So it was the head and one leg, and he had like you can see the mesh and inside of it. Possibly. Huh? Did you see him? Oh, he was the one giving us the talk. Oh my gosh, you met the man. Yeah, he was the one. Well, I mean, as a student, like you know, as 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 much as that is, but I was in the same room with him as he was talking about the statue Lucifer. And he, it wasn't called Lucifer back then. It was just, he was just his horse, and he was talking about how he is a Latin, you know, Hispanic American roots, the Chicanos. They were like, you know, migrant vegetable pickers, and you know, same same history like you would get before the sinister, sinister implications and events would occur from a man who had undertaken this job just as a contract. It's very strange, you're right, but, like, it's very strange, well, it uh, six degrees. I thought it may have been sacrificial, you know. He, you're he, absolutely right. It would have been interesting, it would have been very interesting to listen to him. You're absolutely right. Oh, I mean, a person in the New World Order is not going to tell you they're in the New World Order, and regardless of, that's saying like, but as a high school student, um, I did go to that studio, and did, the guy did speak to my class, and I was actually able to go touch that very statue that's there, Six degrees, right? A separation. Have you seen inside the airport? There's murals. Yes, the the, the crazy oh, ass murals. Yep. They were so controversial with Nazis and and animals sacrifices and things like that that they had to repaint a lot of those. But that was a local artist, and and my buddy lived next door to him, so we know he was a mason, and he painted my buddy's girlfriend on the wall. So. 
What's yeah. weird, yeah, mural artists are oftentimes um, either into the occult or aware of the symbolism that they... Ex- There's a reason why murals... Like, graffiti is illegal in America. You cannot paint anything. That's permitted, and that's commissioned work. So whenever you see a mural in a city, someone paid for that. As it's, it's, all, it's all part of this greater elaborate system, like street art, uh, murals, all of that, like... Uh, District yeah, the art district, the art world. It's, we, have, we have paintings of, the, of, 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 of political people on the wall, you know, and, and artists, comedians, and jazz musicians. And those murals are all permitted by the city, you're right. Exactly, it's all, it's all over. It's like, so when they say, like, oh, he drew this crazy controversial uh, painting of, like, this guy stabbing a dove as children were, like, lowered into a mass grave... Someone permitted that. Someone commissioned that. That went through several committees. Know that DIA was open, and guess what? There's a Masonic stone here that says that we're the new Western Front for New World Order. There's a Masonic hall in the building. I have a theory. I have a theory, and I I think that a lot of people will will agree, or at least know that's familiar, before getting too sidelined about the present world and the future. Is that there's going to be a great interior seaway. We're basically the Mississippi River runs. That's all a low water basin. And previously, there's historic record for saying like there's a sea monster national paleontological museum in Colorado. I gotta see it. Yeah, I mean like they, the water ran up to the Rocky Mountains, and all of the plain states were just the bottom of a shallow sea. And right. Right. and so this might occur again. Same way that if you build on a dry riverbed, it's prone to flooding. And whether or not it's an impermanent, like I said, cyclical uh, natural occurrence or something that they know is inevitable, um, you know, for various reasons, I think they can literally predict the future because they can see it using the chronovisor, using these technologies, like I said, these antiquity techs, that they can literally be aware of these things. And are keeping either the world from panicking, but slowly preparing. Like I said, it seems to be like they're building up for something. Like they're trying to, they have a purpose. It's not a random, like, well, especially uh... Especially if there's dumbs deep underground yes. military You're going to assume that they have a purpose. Because even in history, the Hopi Indians, which are a part of southern Colorado, they would suggest they lived underground in cataclysmic. Yes, it falls into that story, too, with the Hopis, and that they had the Blue Star Kachina. The return of a terrible star. Um, presumably, what took out the Tartarian Empire was this terrible star. Was the same cataclysm that the Hopis talked about, that they were hid underground and helped by ant people. Mm. Remember, when the ant it's people shared their food with them. And time on all that, but the the natives believe it, and they they they're holding back knowledge of of their prophecy. They don't think that Americans, or at least the mainstream media can handle the which is like i'm saying the secret societies the secret societies have that same motivation where they're holding back information because like if the the, of the hopi and their deduction and their wisdom are like no we can't tell you this you're not initiated into our culture you're not ready for it and and that's that that's to say the cia and the the high ups they won't speak to even the government about it they don't want to that's exactly. 
Now, this, now to go back to the idea of a cataclysm in the ancient world, in the antiquity world, uh, the Vedas talk about a nuclear war. And that these Vedas use names for the certain Mahastra, weapons. The Brahmastra out of the Mahabharata. The Brahmastra is, is fired. And it's it's the, cat, the catastrophe or the uh, damage. Is just, it's, it's atomic. Well, could you go on, uh, hold on one second, and then, um...
Nani, Nani the bull. Yes, that's a very yeah, strange Nani, thing. Well, Jugamon. There's like there's weird deities in India that people are they're like Sumerian and cross-referenced. Where you see like the bull, uh, like the Minoan like black bull imagery, and it's represented in the black bull of uh, Nani or like Jugamon, who. Uh, is not a, a, a Hindu deity. He's actually something older. They have the chariots that they pull. The chariots that, that are made in stone. They sit there. That's part of the festival. Yeah, like they have rope, and if you touch the rope, your sin is absolved for the year. I watch uh, I watch uh, right. <laughs> travel shows, and Jonathan Legg in uh, The Road Less Traveled actually goes there. This is India, but I mean, it's like they they talked about the ash, these Vedic, these cosmic weapons, you know, and Lord Shiva, and and the, we look at what they had left behind at Harappa. There's radiation, I think. They've tested the earth, and so it was suggested it was all wiped out, you know. And this, there is major destruction around. Now, um, I know that they have the ancient alien people love to talk about I think it's um there are two uh, cities maybe, there are two cities with where I sourced this actually because they went to Harappa yes I think that's the one yes that's the city I was gonna, is that the same city where they find like atomic glass in the desert which could only have been caused by a high heat yeah. uh you know and, and well, it's well they had this the city was built with with plumbing and it had they had technology um, they were sophisticated in a way, but they had been annihilated. And now, do you know? Um, so they have the references there, and there's evidence for it. What were the reasons why the Vedas give for the use of this? And we'll link it back to the Napoleonic Wars um, before the thirty minutes is up, because we've already spoken for an hour, and I, mean, I, I thank you so, very much so for that. Yeah. Too- two collections I'm looking at Ramayana and the Mahabharata the Ramayana left behind um, archaeology you know um, the land bridge you know so it's still there and that connected India with Sri Lanka it's funny because this land bridge is called Adams Bridge but it's that Hanuman built it this is like 30 million years before the Kurukshetra War that took place in the Mahabharata. That involves Krishna. Krishna came to Earth 6,500 years ago, roughly. And this war was to wipe out his own line of Aryan soldiers as well. They, the Yadu dynasty part, partook in the war. So the two, the two great fighters, Arjun and Duryodhana, 
had a choice to choose either Krishna or his army, and Drona chose the Yadu army because they're cosmic and they could not be defeated under Krishna. With, with Krishna, they were they were, you know, they had they were too powerful to be on this planet anymore, and so he knew that his own annihilation had to take place in the war. So when it was all over, he died too. Once again, an alchemical, yeah, very alchemical um, concept of a self-sacrifice to purify or to escape, and the idea that this world is a realm, yeah, and that if you are involved with this world, the only way to escape it is through the transcendence of death, or the concept that we know of death. It's not a true death. The soldiers. That's why the cast was ruined, or not was not in was in ruin. It was that we were going into the stage of ignorance because the warrior cast is called Satria. That's the cast that these warriors were fighting. While the Brahmachari cast is above them, they were the ones that were of spiritual uh, transcendence. See, but the warriors fell in line in this cast battle so it was you know it was to sort out the races in a way see but so we're living in Kali Yuga now and that's that's as as the cause and effect right well that that's very strange to me and I, hearing it it it's very okay, so it's very bizarre that the entire idea of the war was to destroy his own side as well it couldn't be it couldn't be God, God is supreme, and, and it was a car. There's two, three lessons that they're taught in the Bhagavad Gita. There's karma, which is cause and effect. So even Krishna, who was a god here, had to find his own way out of here. He had to create us. That's why he's he's tricky in a way. He, he's he's so he's he's uh, the stories are really captivating he's beyond human conception and understanding and this is one of the things people need to understand if you're at home in the audience out there in dreamland that when conceptualizing god we're not talking about um figures like thor or uh, a greek god who is more human than god in his behavior and even in the appearance we're talking about a, a being that is transcendental to human nature that that surpasses it and so was jesus christ i mean there's the, exactly there's definitely even syncretism i believe is the word where we see like overlapping mm-hmm. stories involved here there is a there is a definite difference though between the elevation of demigods which are gods in power and stature alone but stay for example are fooled or do not understand the future like the ones who fear fate the ones who, the gods who fear, so, it's an easy way to so, understand so, it. Like, I, I, I want to share this because I thought this was fantastic when I started to learn about, the, when I started to go to temple. And that Orthodox Christians will idolize and look upon the statue like we call Murti. When we see an idol of, of Krishna, this is Krishna. This is, that's how we can observe. Even Japanese people put spirit into physical things, you know? Mm-hmm. And hold hold idols. It's, it's all around America, the world, and too in America where there's Orthodox Christianity. So they have images that they can meditate on. Now this is also transcendental. It's all it's all good, you know. In oh, the yeah. way they see God. 
No, no, and I'm not saying the individual ideas of the creeds or the names. I'm not saying that individuals. I'm saying the uh, the materialization, the profaning of holiness, is uh, when you start placing limits or your own personal fears and doubts and uh, negativities into your God form. Now, when we're talking about this, this is not. Uh, this is, like I said, this is a. If you're going to look at, say, the great battle, the great war that was fought, it's beyond human judgment. It's beyond human reckoning, I think, at this point. Just as quickly as I see it, like, it's... It's good good to see it that way, because if you judge something, if you had a teacher and you judged that teacher at any point, you quit learning from it. Exactly, that's what I'm trying to... The Vedas Vedas are full, and I I digressed earlier, I just want to remember to remind myself that there's three concepts the first karma the the middle of the bhagavat being bhakti which is devotion how we pray on a rosary how my my dad prays on a rosary how i pray on a mala is devotional and the Mm -hmm. third one is jnana which is this mind expansion cosmic understanding of who we are i think you're right really full to study into this no, you're absolutely right. The, so the third, the the understanding and opening your mind, expanding your mind, is the ultimate uh, purpose of what prayer and meditation is, and the idea of exactly how you pray. Right, like right. In, in the West, it's prayer. But prayer has well, been well, uh, taken Gyan, to it. Like, Gyan would be Gyan would be how how the how we would understand the way we transcend when we pray. Mm-hmm. Because very meta is the bhakti, the middle, the middle. There's it's the Bhagavad in three, so it's literally sliced up in three three ways of understanding. No, it's very meta. And but okay, so now going back to why I wanted to talk about this is because if we're talking about this isolated war, and now to not consider the timelines or the holiness of these figures, if this war was to be repeated, you would possibly see the annihilation of societies, of entire kingdoms, of uh, maybe even the entire world being reset by and the I destructiveness, so by the, the force of these the things. Vedas, the Vedas could, could have been reset. All this stuff gets rewritten in, in the wars. And Muslims came into India and invaded, and they fought so valiantly not only the sadhus to protect the vedas but the uh the, what they call the, the the people from Punjabi, uh the, the sikhs the sheiks yep the sikhs yeah so the sikhs are, are i always thank them when i meet them in america i'm like you guys protected the, the you protected the vedic scripture from being reset no the sheiks are badass i like the sheiks i love sheiks actually because um they are they're noble they have the warrior code and to this day that is one of the rarest things to actually find is an active noble warrior code from Punjabi, they have the golden temple there and uh, the golden temple is made of all gold. They study the Adi Granth, and their nobility is in their sword. They'll never lay down their arm. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, exactly, they carry the ceremonial knife. They don't cut their hair to remember their their relationship to God. They're like Indian Hebrews in the classic sense of like the Joshua and things like that, King David um, level of like nobility through 
masculine energy and earth responsibility. And karma covers a lot of this. There's the Jain in India. The Jain won't eat onion or garlic because when you pull the plant to harvest it, you kill it. You can't pick it like a tomato. So it's harmful, and that's been that's been outlawed. And so they're 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 recognized in their spiritual devotion. They they made sacrifices in in a way. The bhaktis they won't in the in the Vedanata uh, lineage they won't they won't they won't eat onion or garlic either. I think it's strange. But uh, what I think is strange. So, I mean, it's 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 not valiant in a way of, of, of you know war warrior code, but they take sacrifices. No, the, eat, this idea of this universality of, of ethics and uh, orders is the okay, so. Now that I'm hearing about it, this is something I'm thinking right now at this second. Like it's an organic thought. Um, what the the sheiks and the Jains and the the Brahma the Bakht and and all your different working classes as they exist as separate cultures sound like the spiritual inheritors of the the former caste system. Of, of even Tartaria, actually, when you're in Nepal, yes, where this bread everywhere, it's like was the Phoenicians the ones that built work like did the brick was the brick and the red and all this it's still here is this from the Phoenicians and Tartaria there is historic record of Alexander the Great for example um, going as far as Tibet and there was a Hellenistic dynasty that existed in Afghanistan I mentioned that Jesus Christ story shows up in Tibet and in, in India I believe they call him Saint Isu so it's still appropriate for many to recognize the Orthodox Christian faith, too. Um, there is a thing that if you look into it, um, doesn't necessarily contain Tartaria, but the idea of secret knight orders and, um, you know, like true life knights of the round table stuff, like the importance of knights Templar, these knightly orders, that there was a knighthood called the Knight of the Goddess, and uh, it had... Believe it or not, representatives from Japan, Britain, uh, India, uh, Russia, even South Africa, basically all the modern world. But this was a reality, I believe, in the 1700s. So, like, internationalism. This was, this was, when, this was when samurai were, were just... Still in Japan, possibly. Yes, know. that the idea that these cultures are actually unified knightly orders. Like you said, there's a lot of uh, it. It's Phoenician inheritance, maybe these knightly orders. Maybe the knight, the idea of knightship is um, uh, the the personification of the caste system and of the sheiks, like a global sheik identity. Um, you know, like the sheiks are the personification of a knightly order for the Vedics or for the Vedas um, I'm trying to I express mean, like this idea of this unification I'm seeing definitely I think I think there's a connection I mean when I was when I was in Nepal and I went to where they worship there was the yantra aspect and there's still sacrifices made a lot of people don't realize that like militaries the six pointed star and so well militaries are um, 
ethnicities in their own right. It can be interpreted oh, that well, military. Definitely. So this, that's why I said the Jains are like the compassionate people practicing ahimsa in India. They're their own people, and the Sikhs are from Punjabi. Mm-hmm. They have a golden temple there. They're they love to drink a lot, and in fact, the Satriyas were the only people allowed to drink. But they're they're definitely of a warrior. Um, I mean, they're, they're represented well as warriors in Kali Yuga. So if the, so, and this is something like, if I, I don't want to have to like hurry up the conversation or anything, but I know your time is precious. We're already getting to the last 15 minutes. I mean, that's why I was, I was like, what, what did we cover? I'm thinking about the, the well, I wanted to, I wanted to tie it back to Europe and I wanted to tie it back to Napoleon and I wanted to, I wanted to kind of bring it full circle and, uh, try to explain why with these powerful weapons and if it was a cyclical ritual like reverb if it was an echo like almost all things are are assuming themselves or at least showing themselves to be like the cities of the european and the north american tartarians look like they are the reproductions of the same technologies of antiquity of the ancient world like the, the pyramids we keep rebuilding the pyramid right we keep rebuilding what was always built from the first days of man since Adam throughout the eons we re- keep retaining this ability to rebuild these cities and suffer the cyclical apocalypse it's not it may be a natural apocalypse but it could be war if it's war we can look at something like Paris or France and the Tartarian uh, the Napoleonic era and what you see this uh, a bit, this advancement you see this like he's like a Roman Empire level superpower, but it's ruled by a well, who was a peasant, a common man, in a society that had just killed its kings, just killed its nobility, and this is the little big man story of Napoleon. Yeah, like it Rock, just Rock went through Child, the reign of Rock terror. Did the double fake, right? Yep. Rothschild did the double fake on the Napoleon story, and after the Battle of Waterloo. And he's been ridiculed ever since as this inept little man who could never win against the real world. Reality was Napoleon took out the papacy. He took out the Vatican. He took. He almost destroyed the Habsburg uh, family dynasty, which had ruled. For, they, they understate this for eight hundred years in Venice and in Italy in the city states. There was no such thing as Italy. It, they were these city states like Singapore is now, like just these, like the Venice, you know, like everyone knows Venice, very Tartarian there. From 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 the maybe from the older empire, right? But they're German. Um, they're they're Austrian, like Hitler. I know, right? Small world. This connects to, this, connects to this. You you had connected this. Uh, so Napoleon's out. The worst, the warships in America are from the, the steel industry or the iron, ironclad ships. Actually, that was the Civil War. Yep, yeah, around the same century. In the same century, when you rethink about it, is, you know, it, like it's 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 one of those things where you're, you're assuming that everyone else was still sailing in galleons made of wood, and then the United States had made submarines made of steel. And they just weren't, like, on the same page yet. Like, the machine gun, the Gatling gun, was invented in the 1860s, but Napoleon also had balloons. 
but he wasn't dropping bombs from him. And he, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he didn't put a cannon on a balloon. The trains had already existed. Trains were already a technology. No one had weaponized the train by putting artillery on it. Uh, the idea of Napoleonic warfare is given respect. Like, hey, Napoleon changed Napo the warfare. The entire idea of war for hundreds of years before Napoleon um, is, in mainstream narrative, deemed to have been made obsolete by this one military genius. But they don't say it's technology. They just say that he somehow you know, played with different um, sets of rules. Like, he wasn't afraid to shoot his own people in the back. <laughs> so so the war evolved when the technology came... Clearly. With the, with the families. Clearly. The Habsburg to the United States, we see the war, the, re the greater reset in World War Two. Yeah, it's like, so clearly that you... Steel, you from iron to steel. What I think might have actually even... Uh, what I'm seeing is okay. So Napoleon, not, his revolution, they, or the French Revolution. Cannon, though you're right, Napoleon had like gun, black powder and stuff. Probably he was an artillery man. No, he was a he was a master at cannons. That's actually where he got his entrance into the whole military industrial complex. And he saw that warfare was fought between pussies, oh, not, I mean, uh, mercenaries, who were oh, more. Like uh, like toy soldiers, you know, they looked good in uniform, but if you actually, go and so he would literally, um, just he he brought the blood and guts, and that's why he mar he remember he helped uh, burn down um, most of Eastern Europe because he would he as I was saying, it was no longer he wasn't a part of the family, he was an outsider, he was an independent force, and his people were not nobility, they were the people. It was a true revolution because they were commoners. They say he upset the caste system. They were beheading people. They were beheading people just because they had uh, land and stuff like that. Like, you know, it got pretty crazy during the time of the Great Terror. And uh, they were reinventing things like um, science, religion, thing, like uh, rewriting everything. Uh, rewriting the whole system. Carry right over. I mean, the movie Gone with the Wind is about destruction in the United States, right? Yes. The great fires. Of the, the great 1900s. burning. What? So isn't it weird that the Holocaust means the great burning, but no one references these fires, like in the Civil War or in the Napoleonic Wars, as holocausts, but they are. They were yeah, the holocausts of the old world, and um. Yeah destruction and all the art is looted and all the records lost just like the, the alexander library it's just exactly over to the united states exactly exactly and like um just like how uh if you study the history of islam they burned a lot of the ancient world especially from north africa and the middle east like they are known to have burned alexandria morocco mm -hmm. all the way from morocco to to, uh, is, uh, Ethiopia and yeah, it, uh, all it, the way the north of exactly that the there are powers like Napoleon and stuff. These these caste systems were upset. The old power systems were upset, and that That's who why it's always the new world that they're introducing, and they always represent. I think that that's what's happening now in America, or at least that's what happened previously, and what's happening now globally with the new world order is that. They're not there to 
rebuild. They're there to take away. They're there to destroy the old world and any sign of it. And this this is why they try to cover up the Tartaria. This is why they're covering it up. It's because, like I said, it's this idea of this uh, rebirth through slash and burn type society creating where they're trying to either suppress or keep the technology for themselves, which is a fucking huge evil, in my opinion. Massive negative karma. Like, just extremely bad. Parasitic. And if you see it, if you see it, like, when it gains attention, you know, I heard Tartaria was mentioned on the New York Times. Oh yeah, they're coming at us. They're coming at us pretty hard. When they see it, that that there's you're you're hovering over the truth. You know what I mean? In in a way. I actually think that uh, I'm a I'm a Mandela effect experiencer when it comes to Tartaria because whatever timeline I existed on before was actually a very negative materialistic one, a one of uh, darkness and uh, basically spiritual blindness. And yeah, most of my, you know, that's that's the liberation, isn't it? Like, you were there, but you're not there now, right? No, and, and ever since I've started elevating, you know, the more, like, every day I see a little more and I see a little more. I, I attribute that to the Mandela effect around 2012, but also that when I saw Tartaria, I have been in the conspiracy world either peripherally or actively all my life, right? I was already... Uh, you know, a, a military veteran, um, divorced through the system, cynical, whatever. Like I had seen and been on the internet for the last 15 years actively by this point. I would have seen Tartaria somewhere before, mentioned on Alex Jones or, you That's know, Rodney. Right. But when I saw it, it was like how I how I see people, how I think people who experience the Mandela effect feel because that's how I felt like this was not a part of my reality but now it was and it had huge volumes of work and history and like you know and I I had never ever before heard it until I did Mm. you know yeah I I was concerned in the last the last uh, conversation we did about our creative space because for most of my life I couldn't imagine I mean I notioned at it but I couldn't imagine it in its full glory until others introduced it to me those being these people who had been looking at it in, in the truth or community in the flat earth truth or community they had done research so when I saw it I started to think, wow, this is the place. But, but like you said, now, now you're liberated. When you, in a way, you see it in your own cities. You can't go to any other city without wondering at the buildings. Exactly, like the like the same and thing with my own city's buildings. But I had been to DC. I had been to Denver. I had been to. I lived in Houston. I've been to Dallas. I seen every almost every major city on the Gulf of Mexico coast and Atlantic seaboard, and a lot of them in the Midwest up to the Rocky Mountains. I had seen these buildings physically. I had heard about the Masons. I had heard about the uh, the secret tunnels and stuff, the bunkers. Never this right, ancient I, world I of technology. I, I, knew, I didn't know that the Masons, I didn't know why they had cornerstones and why they're keystones, why they hold power in the keystone. Like they, 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 there's ritual involved, but I don't, when I think about it now, I don't suppose they build into it. Exactly that that level of the the aspect of what we're talking about, like the whole idea that this was a a relic that we discovered 
that the cities were previously already here and that there was this great civilization with advanced technology, heretofore advanced for us, I had never even conceptualized that. So great was my sleepwalking, so great was my hypnosis, that I literally, I could not explain... It's new for for me, I think. The Telegram page has only just started. Well, the disorientation, you're right. And there's hundreds of people who are interested in it. There's, you know, like I'm one of them. There's a there's a striving community now. It's like coming full force. Like, it's just flooding right. out. And I think that's I'm like a fact. with others in other countries. And, and I, I'm telling you, I only started it, what, five, six months ago. But this this really has taken off in my own life for sure. No, oh, so you have. So it was only like five or six months ago for you too. It was in 2020 that I learned about Tartaria, and I was no, like... But the parasite stuff makes so much sense. When people really... You, you know you're hovering over the truth when the parasite's near, and it's, it's getting reckless. No, but it was. It was in 2020 that I actually even heard about it for the first time, and I was like, no way. Like, it's not only is there something together. new, but there's something there's that makes... There's too. Yeah. That... was parasitic. <laughs> You know, but there's still the whole community really is on Facebook or YouTube. Well, you know, the whole the whole world's now online. The whole world's now online. But there's trend, we're trying to, to to find ways to uh, have these chats that I'm having with you. I'm gonna start doing that on my page, scheduling times. And oh yeah, for people in Europe and everywhere about this. So. Um, a good thing to do too is also um, like you know, start saving these things in like easy downloadable zip files like those big ones sharing it's a mega mega share and stuff like that and like mega upload um i hope you know i'm talking about like you can put like gigs even like terabytes of information you know i don't think that there's that much of it but i know like there's gigs of it there's gigabytes of it so you can put them on different files and like share them platform them okay so people can download them in like one big package like hey this is what we found you know boom like you know more about it than i do i am just getting involved in the digital world i'm very grateful for you letting me on this phone no i'll definitely send you the link and everything i'll definitely i'll i mean i'll I'll tell you what's up and and help you i walk you through and everything but no you got something i thought you had been doing this for actually years because uh, that's the way it moves that's the way it moves we we were notioning at it as children because it's your childlike creative intuition that's going to want to dream about this stuff i my dreams have gotten better i'm learning that you know we it's it's fun to, to to think about it here, but then if you if you if you're set free from the parasite, you're not drinking or carrying on negative vibes, then you can have a good dream space and wake up and go through the transition of night and day. You know, I think we're all collectively getting better at this stuff, and that's why people are tuning in. You know? I I absolutely agree. I agree. I think that people need to stop um, fearing so much about the future. And fearing so much about the present, uh, people need to open their minds up to the greater realities and inheritances that they have. It's not all about what's going on on the, the news or in the the DC Beltway or whatever. It's about like the, the real discoveries that we're going to make. Because once right. you make them personally, like you and I both have, when you start seeing that the world is much greater and grander and older than anyone is ever telling you, then the whole uh, uh, house of cards that you've been living in falls apart, and you can see the real world. 
but you know you're not alone either I, I i tried to tell people before i was on the internet my loved ones and they wouldn't listen i suggested some of some of what they know is untrue and never no. would they come they'd come join me i i wish they would maybe if it even on the website you know they well, could have an, an alias name like wood station zebra wood trees no i i absolutely um come over I agree with you that there's a huge psychological deterrent to being alone when you take these first steps, but, you know, you can be lost in a group, or you can know where you're going alone, and uh, that's hypnosis. They have a lot of blocks. They have a lot of uh, trauma control. MK, uh, The whole world's been MK-Ultra'd uh, to get people to instinctively fear and reject the, the realities of turning against society to, to for your for your own spiritual truth and betterment and that's like uh it's universal like the people in india it's not even though that's the home of the vedas that's the home of the hindu scripture it's still kind of you know it's more socially accepted but it's still kind of rare to find people oh it's that you're speaking the truth absolutely that's what I'm saying. Like it's still like they they want to get office jobs. They want to get houses and like cars. They want to get like they want to go clubbing, you know. Right. Like that's what everyone wants to do. Everyone wa has MK Ultra and wanting just to kind of like they want friends. They want girlfriends. You they want boyfriends. They want. The, you talked about uh, Satan being the deceiver. We call it Mara in India, but the material is our bind. You know. Exactly, it's all materialism, and people say, "Well, like, I don't want billions, I don't want millions, I just want to pay my bills." That's, that's materialism. You, you're only thinking yeah, about. In a way, you're marred. You're marred to be a consumer. In a way, you're exactly. Mara is in your life. This, uh, this, uh, the series. But it's true. We have we have a transcendental path, and 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 that's our greater calling to be here. I wondered at it as a child because we were called. We were born in this time. No, you're absolutely yeah, right. And around this world you live in there. There's, there's the it. It's because they played human nature against each other, uh, against itself. And like you said, it's, it's not that people are unwise. People are unwell, and they keep there people is. hungry uh, and starving in ways they don't even know. I was thinking about that lately. Like, they give you food, but on bread and water, you don't live alone. You need like the power process and your identity construction, and they starve you that way, starve the masses that way, and then they don't have to have to fear them actually questioning the system because the people don't have the strength. Like you say, a starving man doesn't we're have not, the strength. We're not nourished exactly, and physically, when mind, body, and spirit are connected. We can learn more. Milk for babes, meat for men, and if they never give you the meat, then you never really become a man. And that's exactly how the society is. Like I said, the secret societies don't deem us worthy. The Hopi Indians are also, like I said, guilty of that too. They don't think that the world is ready for their message. It's they're not ready to get the meat of their message, and it's like they would they would be afraid of how they'd be embraced if they told us. Exactly, and I think that there's a fear. That's why there's still fear. But fear, but fear is is something we share collectively. You're right. I think we need to get rid of that. I think we need to get the courage. You know, individually, you have to start to work on it to understand you're letting go, and it's tough for each of us. But we're not alone. I think that's kind of weird. You let me on your show. 
No problem. No problem. And I, was like, I think it's just, it's just kind of weird that exactly, it's right under our feet. It literally is right under all of our feet. Like, that's exactly how literally on the head this reality is, that the truth is right under the... You're living in apartment buildings that were built uh, not 100 years ago, but 200, 300 years ago with bricks that were shipped that's there the from India. Topic. But the parasites introduced the chicken house, you know? So if you live in Denver, you see the gentrification. There's old buildings, some of them protected and kept, but... So much of it we're living in is a prison, mm -hmm. you know. But we've chosen that, so it's it's the parasite. Anyway, we can learn more. No, but exactly. I think it's just. On. It's been a. I got somebody on the way. No problem. No problem. No, as you say, like it's been an excellent conversation. Um, like, like always, and I hope this is a, the second of a series. And uh, absolutely appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge. Um, yeah, wooden trees. Back. Exactly. You're always welcome back and everything. Absolutely appreciate your uh, your contrib contribution and everything. And um, if you would like to give a conclusion where we can reach you, the Telegram page. Uh, hopefully a lot of people listening out there in Dreamland want to join the, the Telegram chat. A lot of good I images there. So many came over just the other day, and I'm, I'm grateful to, to meet everyone. And when, when they have something to contribute, that's even better. So, yeah, where can we uh, find you and everything? It's, uh, it's going to be Telegram, but, tell you know, it's, not everyone has it. It's something that's just become available recently, and you have to download it on the Apple Store or Google Store or whatever. It's, I'll post the link. I'll post the link on the description. The page, uh, T-A-R-T-A-R-Y-A. Well, I highly recommend getting the app. It's incredibly useful and just amazing uh, for, for what you can find on there. It's groups such as yourself. Uh, it's definitely going to be one of the truthers' best friends in these upcoming years, I believe. I'm very grateful to hear you say that. Well, thank you very much, Wooden Trees. I'll post the link for your Telegram page in the description below. We've just had a great talk about, um, I guess you call it uh, Tartarian Paris, Napoleon, the unified theory of the ancient world and the, the secret societies keeping the modern world. Um you know, we still have more to look at it too. If we're gonna talk about the new arrivals, I mean, we need to talk about the orphan trains. Orphan I, trains. I dig yep. up some information in my chat. I've had it up for a few pages. It's so extensive, but like if I search and dig deep enough, uh, a few months back, I think I have some some interesting things on Europe. Oh, and it's it's absolutely yeah. Go. A lot of it's wiped out, of course. Doesn't exist mm -hmm. anymore. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, your page has some great information. So I, the images alone, uh, it's a picture's worth a thousand words. And just seeing the absolute antiquities and the, the, the historic evidence of it and the photos from the archives, photos taken for the last century of the cities in Europe and, and around the world, mud flood evidence. Castles um, in Ukraine recently. It's just fantastic. Thank you to everyone that's been involved in contributing to that. Interesting. Highly recommended. I, I absolutely highly recommend it. Uh, if you don't have the time, take the time, make the time, uh, go on there and, and check it out. So thank you all very much for listening uh, to this day's episode of podcast, uh, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I'm the Beyond Top Secret Texan, your host from the Third Coast. Uh, thank you all very much. You can check me out on Instagram, TikTok. I have a new one, uh, TikTok out there posting videos of UFOs, cryptids, uh, paranormal evidence, conspiracies. Um, so it's both are at beyond top secret Texan, all lowercase, all one word. 
<clears throat> definitely check it out. Uh, I post daily on the Instagram, at least every day on the Instagram, so you can check out my progress, new episodes, notifications for projects, and just kind of follow my, my stream of consciousness. So I definitely also recommend reaching out to me, DMing me if you have anything to say. Um, comment below. Also, uh, you know, hit me up if you want to be a guest or have any kind of contribution to make on this subject. Thank you all very much. God bless you and your families. Namaste and shalom. Peace.